Welcome to Letters from the Mezzanine. Today, I am interviewing theater artist Jeff Sabell about his show, The Object Lesson, which just finished its run at the New York Theater Workshop. I got to the space, right? Because it's not even really a stage or a theater. Like, it's totally this deconstructed, right? So you get to the space and there's all these boxes and you're encouraged to to look through each one encouraging people to interact with each other and to move around the space and when you start you you model for us how to kind of interact with an object because you start touching the the couch right and the and the tape recorder and all that stuff and I felt almost like you were kind of mimicking our experience with the object. Like, what do you learn from objects? What do I learn from objects? Yeah, in terms of the kind of way um, your character, your you know, persona in the show, like, interacts with the objects. Well, uh, I, I don't really think of it too much as, I think of it as just me. Mm -hmm. I don't really yeah. think of it as a character. Yeah. And I think of you all as you. And the space is both real, because it is. It's an installation, and the things are there, and they're present. And mm -hmm. the, that was important because of their um, thingness, that they're not fake. Mm -hmm. or um, And... So there's something about that that's important because it's almost overwhelming, like how much there is. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's also um, it's it's also an art object, and it's a it's a work of art. So what that means to me is that uh, things and people um, when they step into the frame of art suddenly something very mysterious happens because you're now looking at it and you're observing it and you are investigating it in a way mm -hmm. that you don't in ordinary life. So it's natural that you would say your persona or your character because I'm yeah. walking into that frame. And there's a lot of... Um, I think that what the value for me of art and theater and is that you put that focus on a, on a thing. And we do that all the time, I think. I think we make a lot of suppositions about people, about their behavior, and things like that all the time. But what the capability you have in a room like that is to put a focus on it. And so we're now looking at the way we look. So it's true, I do model, when you use that word, we use that word too, like model behavior. Mm -hmm. And... I'm both imitating you, but I'm also just one of you. I'm part of you. And for the most part, you know, people don't know that I'm anybody other than an audience member in the beginning as I'm walking around and poking around. I'm there with people in the room. You might not have even been aware Yeah, of I, I figured. I actually saw a picture and I thought it was you. There, there was like a, a kind of aerial that shot. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then I start, you know, when I'm looking at the object, kind of like uh, rooting through those boxes, and I start just getting a little more carried away than or other people do, and I start arranging them. Although it's funny because some people get way more carried away 
than I do <laughs> uh-huh. in terms of how they end up rooting through that installation. is That's a whole other subject that is interesting to talk about, just like what happens to people in that room is curious to me. Yeah. Um, but I guess that that moment in the show, uh, f- what I'm drawing from is the feeling of being in your attic or your basement or after a move, whenever it is that you happen in your life to be looking through boxes. And for me in my own life, um, because I, because I'm in theater and I have like things in storage, Mm -hmm. it's not infrequent that I'm looking through boxes. Um, and also at the time that I made this, I was in the midst of different transitions and, so that feeling to me is quite particular of opening up a box, either looking for something and not finding it, or in a more, um, in, a, in moments of real like personal reflection, like looking through your personal um, things and trying, it's like you're trying to discover something about yourself or you're trying to discover something. Mm-hmm. So I thought of, in creating the piece, I had thought about two kind of working metaphors for myself. One was uh, that I happened upon, and one was an archaeolog- arche- uh, archaeological excavation. And mm-hmm. that when you go to a dig site, you are looking at artifacts and um, trying to piece together a culture. You're trying to piece together a civilization, a story um, about the people that came before. And... M- often hundreds, thousands of years before. And I thought this was really funny because in a way you're really just looking through people's trash. You are, you, they don't know what they left behind. Um, I think about the people in like Pompeii and Herculaneum and all the like mm-hmm. drama of this volcano. But that was the very last chapter of their lives. Like everything else was pretty mundane and ordinary. So the fact that we might have some vase from Pompeii and we're trying to extrapolate all this information, they might think we're so so funny, you know? They might think, like, that vase, that stupid vase, oh, my God, like, my mom gave me that. I didn't know what what to do with it. We didn't put it outside because it didn't totally clash with our weird tile. and You know, like, nobody really liked it. You know, that's what you're using? Like, I didn't have any attachment to that vase. You know what I mean? It's really funny. And if I look through my own stuff, I'm, like, going through boxes and I find, like, you know, toiletries that are half used and like old contact lens solution. I'm like, this is what I kept. I kept this. This is, uh, who cares about this? Like I could just throw this away. I didn't, but I should have probably just thrown this away. Uh-huh. Um, so there's something funny about looking through these boxes or, 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 you know, your grandparents or people that have now left this plane and you're going through their old things it's funny what's left behind because it's this residue and they might have chosen to keep it, but it might not have been their precious things. And even if it is, it doesn't really give us the full, it Mm -hmm. never gives us the full picture, but it's clue. It's a clue. And that's the second working metaphor is like a detective, like a private detective. And the detective, that archetype is somebody who goes to a scene and goes to a space and you know, if somebody had been murdered in this room, you know, and the police suddenly cordon it off, it's frozen. Like, nobody can touch anything. It's a crime scene. So that the detective 
can walk around this room and try to piece together what are the events, like because of the placement of those dishes and the amount of dish soap and every single thing is some kind of clue, maddeningly, mm-hmm. to try to come up with the story about why somebody, you know, why some crime was committed. So both of those things to me are, like, I had imagined at one point that the piece could have been almost like a Borgesian Miss, like a detective yeah. story where there's a missing person and the detective at some point realizes that the missing person is themselves. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I, I did a lot of improvising around that idea that it was why the micro cassette recorder, I think why that sort of showed up was a, um, there were, there were these different tropes and one, so thinking about a person looking through objects, place making, you know, he pieces together a little room, he's inside the room, he's outside the room, he's like a detective or Mm -hmm. like some kind of archaeologist who's trying to figure out what happened here and his own inner mind and and something about them. It's like there must, the, the, the objects must be telling us something, but they also are just objects. They also refuse to mean and they're also yeah. just they're also just a bunch of crap. Like they're they're also useless. Yeah, I mean the tape recorder was interesting to me because it's almost like the object takes a life of its own and like it, it kind of rebels against you and, and insults mm-hmm. you, right? And uh, and refuses to be interpreted. Another thing that I felt a little kind of surprised about in in the show is that. Uh, that for for a show that's kind of so um, interested in objects, there's also this kind of like uh, indifference to them <laughs> in a way. So for for the opening, right, the the sense like anyone can pick up anything and move it anywhere else, right, and and you're you're very free to manipulate them, um, and even the way that you kind of like throw things on the floor or. <laughs> um, uh, it it was interesting how like objects are sort of elevated in some ways, but also kind of very easily dispensed with. Or like I felt like I could I could take home anything. <laughs> you know? Like I could have just bagged <laughs> um, some one of the one of the objects in the in the in the boxes and taken it home with me, and like nobody would have noticed. So that's the other side of this whole thing is about value and about relative value that a thing like this computer I'm sure is very important to you and it holds all of your information and you're using it every day. I treat it terribly. You, but I'm sure you probably do. <laughs> but the moment you get a new computer and all your information is off of that, I mean, that is going to be like, yeah. and, and it's obsolete. It's crap. It's, it's of no use anymore. And your backpack, if somebody cut the straps off, like then it's just a bag. The, without mm-hmm. straps it's like it's just funny how these things are so important to us and then a moment later garbage or your own something that might be valuable to you for whatever reason sentimental or for culturally whatever to somebody else is just trash like they don't even look at it twice right so it all of these things are at play about meaning and about value and, you know, that, I go back to that, like, whatever, Etruscan vase or something, because 
it was also just under the ground hidden. Like nobody knew about it. And then you pull it out and you exhume it. And now suddenly it's like a value, but is it, does it have intrinsic value? What, what is the value of it? Mm. Is it only valuable because it points towards something else? Is it only a, a kind of, uh, key or is does it in and of itself mean something does it have something i don't know the answer to that but the the <laughs> the piece gets yeah. at all of those things both in a kind of mundane way and a more phenomenal way so one of the things that happens is i'm that whole opening part is allowing an audience just to get back into those waters of handling and it, they take it where they will because a lot of times people are actually like, I don't even want to touch that. That looks so dirty. I just want to sit here. I don't, I don't want to even think about anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to think about what where that purse has been. But other people just dive into those boxes and they're like, oh, I had this or I had something. Or do you remember they come with someone and they look at all this crap. Do you remember that? I, oh, this looks like my apartment. Oh, it does. And they start, they start. They start working. They start making something in their yeah. head. That it, it, it becomes about them immediately. Um, How long do you stay outside in the audience, like before the show starts? Well, that depends venue to venue, but yeah. generally, we give it about fifteen minutes or so. Yeah. Um, what we what what I try to do is there's there's a moment at which um, I won't start. This is a tricky thing because. What this, the project is marrying two forms, and one is installation art, and one is theater. And the the demands of a theatrical production, it's also my background, and much mm -hmm. more than installation art. Mm -hmm. So the there's certain there's certain funny demands about theater, and all of that is to say that there's a funny thing about timing. So that I don't I, I will not start until the last person is mm -hmm. in the door, at which point the house management, like, tells us, this is kind of boring, but I don't know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they, they, they say, yeah. okay, you can start whenever you want. Right. But so there's that balance. But by that time, that last person, who's usually would be me if I were an audience member, that person who's, like, run in at the last moment, there's already been lots of people for, like, 20 minutes who are now kind of, like, sitting there waiting for something to happen. And... What I try to avoid is a huge group of people just sitting there doing nothing. So what I like to do, in an ideal situation, the room would be at a kind of peak of, a peak din of um, movement and activity where you're looking through boxes, people are handing you things, you're figuring out where to sit, and that all of a sudden within all of that is when I begin making that little room, where I begin the, begin mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. um, I like that. Is the, yeah. that's that's what it's meant to happen, but it's challenging how to really like hit that. Yeah. So there's the opening and and the tape recorder bit. Um, then there's the the traffic light scene. The traffic light is infused kind of with your own memories and your own relative value, right? Like the memory that you have in your youth in France, looking at the the light from far away, and then fast forward. Um, a few years later to, to, I guess, relatively recently, like, um, seeing the traffic light and having it adopt these different meanings for you. And then what I loved was that you gave us time to 
appreciate it ourselves in a way, right? Almost to kind of re-experience the Japanese light ourselves. Um, and, and I was wondering about, like, pacing in the show, because I feel like there's not a terrible lot going on um, at a single point. There's time given to us to kind of uh, appreciate the the objects and like the the memories attached to them. That your memories attached to them. Um, yeah, I don't, th this may feel slow because it's it's not. It is a different time signature than mm -hmm. than like a, a play, for instance. But I guess it, it feels slow because it's like the show's also not all about you, right? It's. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah. The, the, the point of the project is to give you, is, it's meant to be about you. It's a, it's a meditation. So it, it's meant to allow uh, you space to think on your, the objects in your life, and through those things, use them as kind of totems or whatever you will to mm. think on your, you know, to as conduits for your own self-examination, for your own, like, sense of, uh, of self. Mm -hmm. So the different things are kind of deployed at different times. Um, I believe in mystery, and I believe in comedy, because I think they do things to your own, curi they peak sort of curiosity, and they peak your own sense of wonder, or they, they open you, they make you vulnerable, they also bring an audience together, and then once you're more or less together, you're then more likely to have, you know, enter into another realm together. You're kind of able to change planes. Mm -hmm. um, the traffic light moment is meant to both, you're, it's an empathetic thing, like you're hearing my story. So the idea is that, you know, you'll... You're, it's it's hopefully um, asking you to empathize with me. So you think about your own moments where there was a uh, you had a moment of lostness or a moment of foundness or oh yeah I, I also had a thing like that. And the traffic light is again a kind of space of mystery. I mean it is a like it's literally just a moment where nothing happens and you can just sit and look at a beautiful thing, and re it, it allows it to resonate, that image to resonate. But what I, what I hope is that it just, it, it can be kind of anything, you know, and I think it's something really different for everybody, because it's just a moment that is, um, it's just a moment to, to sit, it's a moment of, of contemplation. For some people they find it incredibly hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really funny because it, it feels like a big practical joke that we are somehow just have been gathered here to like look at a traffic light. Um, and that is absolutely a part of it. And other people find it deeply profound. Um, and I think it's because they take that time to really sit with, their, with themselves and they, mm -hmm. they're able to do that. Another beautiful thing that comes out of that moment is the, there's a incredible image which is just that group of people and people the the crowd in that light I find um incredibly beautiful which was not an intended thing it just was something that we discovered by you know making the making the show and 
seeing a crowd go through the changes from red yeah. to yellow to green. Um, and they, it's like a kind of almost decompression chamber or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's quite interesting. Like they, yeah. they usually come out quite different on the other end. Yeah. Well, from where are you usually standing to like see us? Because you're, you're on top for a bit, and then I forget if you come down. Uh, it has changed. Space to space, it's a little bit different. You know, okay. I've done this a lot. So yeah. I sometimes am more like, in, sometimes I go into the group, and I kind of sit with the group and look at the light. Sometimes I'm kind of near the light, and I look at the group. It, it kind of changes mm. where I am. Yeah. Well, and another thing that I felt got really, like, that slow down moment was the very next scene, where you um, ask people in the audience to to open up their, their bags and bring out everything that they mm -hmm. have. Um, and and, uh, and it, that's another, I think, really profound moment where you realize how much people, um, how, much, how much their belongings define them in a way or how much you learn about people from their belongings. Um, I think there, at my show, there was a woman and a man, and I kind of assumed that you always, do you always pick a woman and a man? Um, I try to make, I try to just do two very different kinds of people. Okay. So I usually try to do a woman and a man, or mm -hmm. what appears yeah. to be that way. Um, I also try to do different ages, um, okay. different cultural backgrounds, different, whatever, anything I can see on the surface that seems like. A little bit different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, and of course, so the woman had like a thousand times more possessions than than <laughs> the man. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, she kind of just like kept pulling out and pulling out things, and uh, and it, there were some really nice moments because she had like her son's mitten or something in her bag, and then like uh, um, some like tax forms or something and then just but it kind of kept going and going and, and like I felt myself getting a little anxious because maybe because I'm so um, uh, accustomed to to the drama like the, the more traditional theater and so have, have there been any unique moments that come out of, of that uh, interaction yeah I mean it's always yeah. unique um, you never know what you're gonna get. It's I let it go. I mean, it's just it. It, it takes the time it takes. Uh -huh. So, it's um, it's a bit of a chance moment. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's deeply boring, uh -huh. and sometimes it's totally interesting. And I can't, you know, I I get a sense from the crowd if they're interested or not, um, but you know, what may be interesting to one person is totally not interesting to another person. I've seen that happen before, too. Um, it's really important to me as a value of the show that even if it is, like, deadly boring or they completely misunderstand the directions, which happens with yeah. some frequency, um, that it... I, I, I seldom do, but every now and then if it's really going to go off the rails, I, I help it. But I, it's very rare that I even do that. How do they misunderstand the directions? Well, uh, for instance, a, a common one is that they just start to read it. It's meant. It, it clearly does state, read this to yourself. And I even tell them, just read this to yourself <laughs> silently. And they say, uh -huh. okay. And then they just begin reading out loud. But uh -huh. if they do that, um, 
it, the directions have been written in the second person, so it says, now do this. Take one object out of your bag, purse, wallet, or pocket, and hold it in the light. Name what it is. Well, if they just start reading that, what it means is that everybody in the entire audience <laughs> yeah. takes something out of their pocket, looks around, holds it, and there is no light, so they have even, like, or start wandering around looking for light. I mean, it can become a little bit... That's just... It's so unintended that um, I have... I have, like, put a kibosh on that before. Uh-huh. That would be... So, um, otherwise, if it's boring, I don't mind that. I actually think it's... Um, I think it's great. I think uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't be totally bored. And I am confident enough in what happens in the context of the show that I know that there's, you know, other parts of the show that have a lot of, like, entertainment value. Mm -hmm. But the, you know, the contract I make with the audience is not necessarily, it's, you're not there to be, like, entertained. I mean, maybe you are. Maybe you came to do that. But my intention there is to um, investigate stuff. And so part of it is to sit with the utter mundanity of stuff. And so if somebody's going to just go through their bag and just like, I've had people take through their wallet and just name every single receipt in a huge wallet that they mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. And I know that somebody, I mean, cause I see them, people like will walk out in that moment. They just want to shoot themselves in the head. It's mm -hmm. so, so, you know, it's like being at the dentist for some people. Well, that's fine to me. You know, I, I really, I think it's fine. I think it's fine for people to want to leave and to then leave. You know, all of that is cool. What is amazing that can happen is that the, the, that long list suddenly becomes hilarious and becomes deeply profound in its, um, just how ordinary it is, mm -hmm. you know, and you start really wondering like, why the hell am I carrying around all these receipts? Mm -hmm. Like what, what is the purpose of that? Um, or they'll be digging through and then they'll suddenly like find something. You just never know. It's a chance for, that's that archeological site. So it gives that person a chance in this moment to become that archaeologist. Mm -hmm. And it's important to yeah. not prep them or help them. They either do it or they don't. And it's an experiment. You know, half the time they do and half the time they don't. I don't even know what the percentages are. <laughs> uh -huh. But I do know that when it works, it is, I mean, it's it can be amazing. It's, it's the most amazing thing that happens in the whole show. Yeah. When it doesn't work, you know, it's like, it happened. It's kind of, you know, and it can be kind of boring and even annoying. And, you know, and then you, then you move on from it, but it, 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 it was an event, you know, it is a kind of event, but it's, I don't know. It's very, um, I love that the, that a performance can contain that level of experimentation, even this long after it's, mm -hmm. um, first exit moment of execution, you know, that it, you really don't know what people are going to do. And to me, that is deeply exciting. Mm -hmm. How do you choose 
the people to to do the um, the dinner date with? I pretty much choose right then and there. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of let myself fall a little in love, just looking around the room and somebody who's uh, usually it's somebody who's probably having a good time and who I feel like I'd want to have a go on a date with. Uh-huh. But it could be anybody. I mean, it it could be. Uh, a man or a woman or young or yeah. old or whatever, it, I try to find, you know, I try to keep it interesting for myself. So a lot of different kinds of people, uh-huh. but you know, either somebody who's going to be a challenge or somebody who's going to be a lot of fun, any which way uh-huh. that goes. Yeah. Cause a lot of the reviews I've, I've seen of it, people are always like, wow, like I thought that was Everyone thinks it's always a plan. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and matter. they do so well. It's really hard. Like, I've really tried to... So, I mean, I sometimes really choose somebody who I know you could never and would never cast that person. For whatever reason, I'm like, okay, that just would be too implausible that that person would be an actor in life. It still doesn't matter. People assume that they have been hired. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's funny that the it, it is a weird, weird phenomenon. They once they start taking direction, so they receive directions on the telephone, which I'm sure you've mm-hmm. understood. And even if you know that, um, it doesn't matter. Like the, the the way their behavior, they always do it so naturally that it really seems like they had to have known what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm done with questions. Okay. Um, Great. Do you want to just maybe uh, say a little bit about what you got coming up next? Sure. Well, I'm working on um, my new, my, my next project is called Home. Mm-hmm. And it is a uh, exploration of house and home and the difference between those two words. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a group piece this time. So there's five of us on stage and a awesome uh, musician as well, Elvis Perkins, who's joining the, uh, the group. A lot of the same designers. Um, so Stephen Dufala is the principal designer on this next one. Mm-hmm. And it tells the life cycle of a house and all of the people who have ever lived in that house and ever will live in that house mm-hmm. um, all at the same time. And most of them are played by audience members. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for you got it. Uh, sitting down with me. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah.